Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. It's kind of funny because we had uh, we were going to do a Christmas series. We had it figured out a while back, and then we changed it to another series. And, and we went to bed that night, and I said to Cheryl, I said, this is the way you should go the first week. And so she was annoyed with me because she was already going a different direction. And so I said, no, this is the direction. But I went to bed that night, and I mean, I can't remember that song, hearing it like forever, except years and years ago, good old Mike and the Mechanics, you know? Mike used to play for Genesis, if you remember. But uh, how many people have never heard that song before you came to church today? And it's, that's awesome. Don't be afraid to put your hand up. It's all right. It's all right. Just, just shows you're young, and, and it's good. You know. But, you know, I went to bed, and, and that whole thing, and even, you know, what we were going to share, that song and all these things just started going through my head that night. I woke up and said, Cheryl, this is the way we're going. And she said, you are so annoying. And, uh, but I said, this is it. This is really it. But, you know what? I thank God he's a God of miracles, isn't he? And this is a season to really expect and really reacclimatize yourself that he's a wonderful God. He's a good God. Amen. What kind of bike does Santa Claus ride? A Holly Davidson. I'll just give you a minute to write that one down. That was good right there. What do you get when Santa Claus goes down the chimney and the fire is lit? You get Crispy Kringle. <laughs> oh, that was a table slapper. I got a table slapper. That was good. I'll say it again. Crispy Kringle. Crispy. Poke <laughs> up all the table slaps. That was good. Uh, what's Santa's dog's name? Santa Paws. Santa. Santa. Oh. Got some groaners. How many in your whole family, you can't believe that you just don't know what to get your family, they all got all they need, and you don't have no idea, I got the gift, you ready? This year I'm buying everybody batteries, and I'm putting a card inside saying, toys, comes without toys. Batteries that it comes, comes, toys not included. So it's batteries with toys not included. You can probably turn my mic down just a little bit, I'm getting a bit of ring, a bit of feedback there, so you can pull me back, I can just talk louder. Probably the lows are a little high there. But anyway, all right. So there was a, a, a family, and they were setting out stuff for Santa and put out some milk and some cookies and stuff like that. And then one of the cookies fell on the floor, and Dad just picked it up, put it back on the plate. And, uh, you know, the little girl said, you can't do that. You can't give Santa a cookie that fell on the floor. And he says, oh, Santa won't mind. He won't know it fell on the floor. He says, of course he will. I mean, if he knows if we're naughty or nice, he knows if a cookie fell on the floor. I think that's bad about Christmas that we reinforce in kids' minds that whole good and evil thing, you know, and you spend your whole life that, you know, we hold it over their heads. If you're not good this year, Santa won't get you anything. And I hate that we do that at Christmas. Amen? I was never good, so thankfully I got gifts. But, you know, that reinforces sometimes that we sometimes attach to God. God's, God likes you when you're good, and he doesn't like you when you're bad. But you know what? God likes you all the time. 
In fact, he loves you all the time. Let me tell you something the Bible teaches. The love of God for you is unconditional. Unconditional. He holds no record of wrongs. It's, there's no conditions on God's love for you. He's nuts about you, and you being a nut can't change it. It's true. It's really good. It's Dolores' cousin's birthday today. And just in memory of the fact that mine got completely forgotten, I want to remember hers. Where's Dolores? Where's Dolores? Dolores, happy birthday. We're so glad you're here and a part of our community. Yeah, and you know what? Because it's your birthday, we're going to throw a whole dinner tonight, invite your family, and, and do it all. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you every day of the year. May you feel Jesus near. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. The best year you've ever had. And we mean it'll be the best year you've ever had. Oh, it'll be the best year you've ever had. Wow. That was a new finish. I've never done that finish before, but that was special just for today. Amen. If you had a birthday today and I didn't sing for you, maybe next year. Okay, so. <laughs> miracles. Come on, miracles. You can have a miracle today. You can have, I hope you've had one already. I hope you've experienced the presence of God. But a miracle, a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. By the power of God, nature is suspended, altered, or controlled. God does miracles where you say, well, you know, this is just natural. It's the way things go. God wants to alter natural things. When I went to India, they would tell me that all the kids have asthma. And I say, well, let's get all the asthma kids healed. Well, what's the point? The air quality here is so poor. That's why they have asthma. I go, so you think that God can't heal these kids from their asthma and keep them healed no matter what the air is like? You don't believe that he can suspend the effects of even the natural order in this place and keep their lungs pure and full of life and full of health? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Line them up. We're going to pray for them all. Because asthma's got to go. Asthma's got to go. So you're telling me that, that believers are only free of asthma if they live in a nice climate in a nice place where the air is clean. That's rubbish. You know, God does miracles, and he provides miracles. He intervenes in the ordinary course of life and wherever you are so that he can bring about miracles. We're believing for financial miracles in Haiti. Well, you're crazy. Exactly. Crazy about God. Crazy about how wonderful he is. And I know that he wants to do it. He's just trying to find a few people who will actually believe. Bill Johnson, one of our uh, most current uh, charismatic theologians, he said, it's abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It's abnormal. If you don't have an appetite for the impossible, it's abnormal. You got to have an appetite for it. The, by the power of God, nature is, oh, sorry, as it's written into your spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus. It's good stuff. Amen. I'm telling you, I want to heighten that whole passion for the miraculous in the hearts and lives of us here at Impact Church. Amen? If you're going to be called Impact Church, you better impact some stuff. You better be a people where things get transformed, things shift, and things change. So God, His ultimate purpose is He wants the earth flooded and filled with the nature 
of himself. He wants his glory to fill the earth. And Christmas is that season where God collided with, he invaded every nasty circumstance. He invaded everything that the fall brought, everything that is against the revelation of his goodness. Christmas is where the Spirit of God collides with the natural realm to manifest the glory of God. So that's what this is all about. First John 1 8 says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. He might destroy. Why was he manifest? To destroy the works of the devil. Was he manifest? Are the works of the devil destroyed? Come on, and we have to influence that. We have to come alongside of that. We've got to agree with that, and we've got to enforce that victory in our personal worlds, but also in the worlds of our families, our lives, our communities, and even the globe. So that's our responsibility. I was preaching at the Anglican Church a few nights ago, and and it was really good. I preached in Exeter Anglican a a few weeks ago, and then in Bishop Cronin on Friday night. Some of our folks came. was good. And I want to tell you, the other Anglican preachers that were with me, after the first night, they really upped their game for the second time. It was really good. But we had a really great time. But you know, I, my passage, they gave me a passage, and it was Mark chapter 1, and it was all about John the Baptist and how John the Baptist came. He was a messenger, the front man for Jesus. He described this guy coming. He's mightier than I am. He's amazing. But the one verse in, in Mark chapter 1, it says, And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, something, they say something like a million people came out to be baptized by John. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big influence. Like if you got the guy at the fair saying, it's a slicer, it's a dicer, you all need one. If you've ever cut a tomato, you need this. You need to have one of these in your home. Well, John the Baptist was the guy who's coming, you need him. The guy who's coming, you got to get ready for him. What he's going to do and what he's, how he's going to impact the world. Get ready because the kingdom of heaven is on the way. And millions of people came and wanted to get ready for that. And the message that John had was, you know, repent and confess your sin and be forgiven and be prepared. Really what John was trying to do was create, you need a change. There are things in this world that need to shift and there's somebody coming after me and he's going to make it happen. So he was preparing their hearts for somebody mightier than John and somebody with a whole different message because his message was, here it is, John summarized the whole ministry of Jesus in one sentence. What is Jesus about? What what does Jesus want to do? I mean, why did he come? What's the big deal? I mean, the guy who goes to prepare the way, the guy who is saying this is what Jesus will do, what did he say about Jesus? Here's what he said. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming so that the anointed one could smear humanity with the power, the glory, and the majesty of God so that we could all get saturated and pickled with the very life and presence of God himself. That's why he came, to get himself in you and to smear your world with his world that the kingdom of heaven would flood you and saturate you so much that it would explode from within you and fill the earth with the glory of God. He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And that's what it's all about. That's even what Christmas is all about. Oh, which reminds me, Christmas, Christmas, Christ, mass. That's what it is. Christ, the anointed one, or to smear, to rub, and to pour. Mass, a celebration or a physical substance and weight. So you put it together. Christmas is a celebration of the consecration and smearing of all physical substance by the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you say Merry Christmas, you're really saying Mary 
smearing of the anointed one all over every aspect of physical nature. Mary smearing of the glory of God. Mary smearing of his personal presence and power. Mary smearing of all physical substance with the glory from heaven invading earth and bringing heaven and earth into absolute unity. Merry Christmas! Man, that's what it's all about. That's why I don't change it to Xmas or anything else because... It's all about God himself coming and saying, I'm going to smear humanity with myself and I'm going to create a realm that I can come and fully live in and manifest transformation in every way. Please settle down. Okay, let's go to Luke. Go to Luke, go to Luke chapter one. I'm going to start reading at verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth a city that wasn't even on the Roman maps. They didn't even consider it worth even identifying. Even though they were looking for taxes everywhere, they said, skip that. But anyways, Nazareth. To be a virgin betrothed to a man, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. Wow. But when she saw him, she was troubled. No kidding. And Gabriel, and one of the archangels, poof, rejoiced. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> rejoiced. But when she saw him, she was troubled and saying, and she considered, what matter of greeting is this? And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. That's a good thing, isn't it? Don't be afraid, Mary. This is amazing. This angel shows up full. An archangel came out of the very glorious presence of God. It had to like be electrifying. And thank God the first words were, don't be afraid. But then said, Mary, wow. Mary, yeah, that's, that's my name. That's pretty awesome. Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring birth and bring forth a son, and he shall be called Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Boom. The Son of God is going to be planted in your womb, and you will give birth to the Son of God, and you will raise him. Hey, pretty cool. And I was just going to do the dishes. Wow. Then Mary said to the angel, uh, I know a little bit about the dynamics of how these things go on. And um, just saying, how's this going to happen since I have known no man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born to you will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, I just want to give you a sign. I want to give you something that will convince you, Mary, that what I'm saying is true. I want to attach something else to this to convince you that, you know, this is no mistake. All right? Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this now, the sixth month of her who was, called, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing. 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 Now that word literally means no rhema. So it literally means there is no word from God that is without power to perform what he sent it for. So 
Gabriel is saying, I came with a word from God. I came from the very presence of God, and I came to you with this word. And for with God, no word from him is impossible. And Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Everything necessary for that to come into manifestation was there. It was all there. There was nothing else needed. It was all there. It just looked for a person to say, let it be. Same thing as say, amen. Amen. The Lord desires to heal you completely head to toe. Amen. The Lord desires to restore your family, every aspect of it, and come against every attack of the enemy on your family and bring absolute restoration to your world. Amen. The Lord desires your finances to turn around because he said that you will always have enough, not just enough, but on every occasion, you'll have more than enough. So on every occasion, whenever there's a need, you can say, I've got it. That's how God wants you to live. He wants your finances. Amen. Amen. Those are all the word of the Lord. No word from God is without power to manifest that for which he sent it. Not one. And this word from Mary, even though it was brought and preached by an angel, the word of God in your mouth is no different than the word of God in the angel's mouth. And the word of God in your mouth is no different than the word of God in God's mouth. When you get God's word in your mouth, it's the exact same. And when you utter back to God that promise that he brought to you, conception takes place. Sometimes the promise, it might be just seed form, and you're going, well, I didn't see the full manifestation. Well, sometimes just like Mary... The word was spoken, everything is done, but she had to carry it. She had to carry that word. She had to walk faithfully in that promise. Nothing else had to be done except to say and to continue to say, I receive that. I thank you for that. Amen. 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 Tell you, every, this, come on, I want the miracles to accelerate the promises of God to accelerate. I want God's name to be made great in southwestern Ontario, so great that just floods of people rush into the kingdom because we make his name really, really famous. Amen. Amen. All right. So here we are. Story. The story didn't take place in a vacuum. I mean, this is something that's historical. It's something people know. It's something written about through extra biblical writings. People know that this really happened. This Jesus really did come into manifestation. Like it's been written about, not just in the Bible, but in other places. We know that this is so. So we know that this Jesus is someone who's divided history, someone that every generation has had to deal with. Who is this guy? Well, he's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. He's the son of God. And he came to set every captive free. Nothing is impossible with God. I, I, I get saddened when I think people come to Christian and Christmas and they think they get so familiar with it. It's like, you know, another version of Shrek or some other fairy tale or, you know, it's a wonderful life. And, and it's, it's, it's way bigger than that. It's, it's God himself entering into our world and he is with us forever. And everything he said he came to do, he has done. And we need to manifest it. Christmas is a big deal. It's a big deal. And the incarnation, Cheryl shared so well on it. I mean, her notes are powerful. If you didn't look at her notes, they're on the website, and you can read those. And convincing, convincing, you know, just discussion about the incarnation of Christ. I want to talk about the historical aspects of the incarnation today. And, uh, you know, God is still invading the planet today. The incarnation is still continuing today. And that's what the Word says. It says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. 
God is still invading this rebellious planet. His invasion strategy is the same. He wants to plant himself and continue to do his miraculous invasion through you. So the incarnation is that pattern that continues. Because Christ in you, the anointed one in you, Christ himself planted in you, just like he was planted in Mary, is the hope of glory. And that word you is not you. It's not like, this is the word for you, John. Although it is a word for John personally, that word you is Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not Christ in me or Christ in you. That word you is very clear. It is a plural word. Even though it is in every one of us individually, it's a word that's corporate. And it can't reach its full expression unless the whole body of Christ, because a body I've prepared for myself, it's the body of Christ he's going to reveal himself through. So it's Christ. We've all got to get it. Well, I hope the pastor gets it for us. No, we all have to get this and walk in it if we're going to see the glory of God fill the whole earth. So we all, every one of us, need to engage that the incarnation continues. So first of all, there was the announcement. The announcement was for with God, nothing, no rhema, no word is impossible. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am God, the Lord of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And that's a rhetorical question. A rhetorical question meaning, no, there's nothing too hard for me. He's not, not saying, is there anything too hard for me? He's saying, is there anything too hard for me? It's a rhetorical question. There is not. And we need to get ourselves reacclimatized to the supernatural. So the announcement of Christmas, the announcement today is there's no situation, there's no difficulty, there's nothing before you that is too hard for God. That's a great announcement. The second thing was this. There was an assignment because that announcement brought with it an assignment that there's nothing too hard for God except it's got to find somebody in agreement. It's got to find somebody who says yes. Somebody who says let it be. And, and you know, that's our part is just to say let that word work in my life. And that assignment is bring forth the son. You will bring forth the son of the most high. And just like she was to birth and bring forth the Christ and perform that miracle, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure, Christ. We have this treasure in these earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. So cosmic redemption was not only trusted to that little teenager, cosmic redemption is trusted to us in this room right now. It won't bypass us. God's not going to do it without us. God is forever established in his own word that he is going to fulfill his eternal purpose through us. Amen. I love that. What an amazing plan. Well, can't you just do it yourself? I'm kind of scared. I love that he wants us to partner with him. I love that he's invited us into this to do it with him. I love it. And we're guaranteed that we win. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a good story. So there's, there's the assignment. We are all entrusted and that continues. The third thing is the acceptance. The acceptance. This is a demanding assignment. This is a demanding assignment. And think about Mary. I mean, what a challenge. I mean, here's the challenge. And she says, let it be unto me according to your word. Think about that. I mean, she said, that's great. I mean, the guy who I'm betrothed to, I'll just have to tell him, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant and God's the father. I'm cool with that. I'm sure he'll understand. And you know, initially, he didn't understand. He probably thought, what a nut bar. And we know that because he said, I'm going to put her away quietly. I like the girl, but she's crazy. I don't know how the conversation went down. I don't know if he's mad. I don't know how he expressed himself. But we do know that he said, she's not quite right. And I'm going to put her aside. 
Mary knew that that would probably happen, and yet when she said yes to that, she said yes to whatever it takes. She said yes to whatever the challenges are going to be. She said yes to whatever comes before me, or whatever shame it causes me, or whatever it is, I say yes to you filling me with your anointing and your glory. Whatever that costs me, I'm good with it. And with you, I don't know what that means. But I know with her, it really, really meant something. It really, really meant difficulty. It really, really meant that everybody was now going to wonder, unbelievable, Joseph's a good guy for still marrying her because she is going to give birth to an illegitimate child. In their culture, she was going to have to sit at the front of her father's house and people before the wedding could inspect to make sure she's a virgin. Pretty hard to say I'm a virgin when, hello, that really happened, and it really happened to her. And in history, people really wondered, is that child really Joseph's? And she bore that shame her whole life, and she knew she would, but she chose, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because this is an awesome call, and this is an awesome plan. So whatever it costs, yeah. If there's challenges, it's God's my partner in this, so let's do it. Please settle down. Matthew 1 verse 20 but while he thought about these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife she's not crazy I know she told you she's pregnant by God but trust me she conceived and what is in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit wow so you know what God will take care of those challenges God will go before you and he'll work some of those challenges out so thank God that you know what he doesn't just call you the one who calls us faithful he will do it there will be challenges, but embrace them because God's going to be faithful and bring you through. Second thing is in this acceptance, she embraced challenges, but she also embraced some contradictions. Contradictions. Say contradictions. Have you ever embraced the promise of God and yet it looked really hard, really difficult, and there were contradictions? You know, I expected this to happen, and yet I really expected things to work out better being with God being my partner. I really thought that stuff would kind of be a little more easy street than really frustrating and difficult. Has anybody found that? Anybody else? Anybody else found that, that walking with God and bringing his promises into manifestation hasn't been a cakewalk? It's had a few difficulties. Just three people, the rest of you, easy street. There's been hard times. I know a lot of you. We've walked through some really difficult places together. But you know, God's been faithful, and he'll continue to be faithful. But here's what happened. Here's a contradiction. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she brought born her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the beautiful crib provided by the five-star Hilton Hotel. And they said, we're going to give you the, the number one suite and all your meals are included because you are bringing forth the Son of God. He went ahead. He made a reservation nine months ago. He knew you were coming. And your Heavenly Father, he took care of you. No, they got there and there was not a room anywhere. Everything was booked. There were no vacancies anywhere. Except one guy said, you know what? I got a stable. I got a little crack in the hill outside. That I can let you use that. I hate to see a, a girl out on a night like this. And she went and she gave birth to the Son of God in a stable. And she laid him in his first crib. It was a feeding trough. It was a manger. Pretty good stuff, huh? How many think that she might have been going, did you come up with this plan? I mean, I'm laying everything down here. I, I'm fully on. I mean, I, I had to travel nine months pregnant to go pay taxes. You think you could work a few things out? I mean, Joseph, he's just a guy. He would have got a reservation. But I thought, I just thought this would all work a little bit different. 
So you know, first time you run into a little difficulty or a little struggle or a little trial, when you're serving the purpose of God, don't quit, don't give up. God's going to be faithful. He's going to see you through well. Wow, that was pretty rough, Pastor. It was rough, but it wasn't the end of the story. You look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. It says that these three wise men, they showed up. They saw the young child with his mother Mary. This is probably a year later because it says they, they showed up where his home was. And they saw the young child with Mary's mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Amen. What's that? I mean, that was a little bit later, but wow. I mean, I might have had the baby in a, in a stable on the first night, but holy moly, the treasures of kingdoms are coming to this child. This is what it looked like. It looked like this. Three guys on camels showed up at the door and said, hey, uh, just... You know what, cute little kid, let me just give him a little piece of gold there, that's nice. And, and oh, I, I brought some myrrh, and I brought some frankincense, and there you go. That's what I think a lot of people think it looked like. Didn't look like that. It looked like this. And it probably looked even bigger than that. Because if these were kings or people of royalty from another place, people of royalty of another place in those days did not travel by themselves. They traveled with an army. And often they traveled with engineering teams. They traveled with people that, you know, go ahead. If there's a, a, something we got to go over that's difficult, you'll build a bridge or you'll do something. There was a whole team of people that went ahead and prepared the way. There was a massive group of people who came. And in our day, if we were to say what did it look like today, here's what it would have looked like today. You'd be down on the 401 going, look at all these transports, like, Look at a whole line of them coming to London. Now, it's said, some say on the low end, 100,000. Others say on the high end, maybe 600,000. That's how many people lived in, in Jerusalem at Jesus' time. So we're talking probably a city maybe the size of London. Now, it says the whole city was troubled. Now, if you had those three guys on camels, it would be weird in our day. It'd be weird. But if you had three guys in a Honda Accord who came to town looking for a king, big deal. We wouldn't even know when they were there. But if transport after transport after transport showed up at the end of town saying, where's the king? We want to worship him. And we brought treasures to show respect for him. Because in those days, if you thought there was a king of kings, you wanted to give them treasures because you wanted to make a deal. If you're going to be a king of kings, I want to make a deal with you right now. And I make a deal with you by giving you all kinds of moolah. That's what they did. Check it out. So these kings came, and in our day, if the whole city of London was going to be troubled, if everybody in London knew it would be not a little quiet thing in the corner, it was a big deal that, did you hear what happened? Somebody's come to town with trailer loads of gold and spices and things, and they're looking for a king. It says, it says right here in this verse, look at it. It says, men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. We come to worship him. And Herod the king, when he heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. The whole city was freaked out because kings and kingdoms came to their border and said, where's the new king? That would freak out a whole city. Why did I say all of that? I said all of that to say he might have been born in a stable, but you know what? All the provision for his life was brought to him because God was going to take care of his son. And you know, I love what Stefan said. Stefan goes with his pastor and he hears his pastor in the poorest nation in this hemisphere preach prosperity. And Stefan goes, you know what? It has to work everywhere or it won't work anywhere. 
And we as the people of God got to get delivered of an idea that we serve El Chipo instead of El Shaddai. We got to have a revelation that, you know what, what God wants to do in this day is going to take people who believe that he's going to get the resources out of heaven into his body to get his glory filling this earth. Because it's not going to be a political system that's going to do this. It's going to be a miraculous move of God partnered with by the people of God. Can I get another amen? Just a, a little one there. All right. So Matthew 2, 1 to 3, they came from the east and it was all troubles. You know, there's contradictions, but you know what? If you stay with it, God's going to prove himself because the one who calls is faithful. He is going to do it. And he'll take care of you. So there are, there are conflicts. There's challenges. There's contradictions. But there's also, look, look at the third one is conflicts. Luke chapter 2, 34 and 35. It says, Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary the mother, Behold, this Christ child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, and a sword will pierce your own soul also that the thoughts of your own heart may be revealed. That's a wonderful word. I mean, here I am partnered with God, and then you tell me, I'm going to get pierced. I'm going to go through difficulties. I'm going to go through conflicts. There's no handle on the word of God. When you handle his purposes, you know what? It'll cut you first, but it's okay. It's good. Matthew chapter 13, 55 to 57. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the mother Mary with us? The brothers, James, Jose's, uh, Simon and Judas. And these are sisters. Are they not with? Where then did this man get all these things? They were offended at him pretty hard when you're raising a kid and you know the miracle that took place you know it's of God and yet every single time you go out everybody's offended and and he gets trying they try to throw him off a cliff they they despise him and think he's that bastard child and they just won't give him a chance and you know as a mother when you know that promise in your heart and you see that it's constantly spoken against it's hard to hang on sometimes you know what, you might have things in your heart that you've shared with people and it gets spoken against and people get offended by your zeal and your passion. I believe in miracles. Oh, shut up over there. They say weird things about this church. I don't know why. We got churches say, those people are crazy. Come meet us. I don't think we're that crazy. Do we believe God is real and he wants to touch people today? Yes, don't you? For me, if you don't believe God wants to show up in your meeting, what Bible you been reading? Because for me, if you go to church and he don't show up, that's weird. <laughs> Who's the weird one? I don't know. I don't know. Why do we have to call anybody weird? We're all just loving on Jesus. But you know what? When you believe for miracles and you stand for demonstrations of God's power, it's amazing how even other believers will attack you. It's bizarre. You see, people were offended. You know, when you contend for the miraculous, people are going to misunderstand, but that's okay. Stay with it because you know it. You know, are you Okay coming to a rapid conclusion. Mark chapter 321, it says, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, now listen, now Jesus' own family says this. His own family says this. He's out of his mind. His own family, now even his mother, she's there with him, and even now she's like, your mother, your sisters, they're all, they're all here. Are they not with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Your mother, your brothers are outside looking for you. And he said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? He said, whoever does the will of my father, that is my brother, my sister, and my mother. I mean, even Jesus, even the anointed one, he had to pursue even when his own family didn't believe what was going on. They'd even got beat up so much by what was going on, they were ready to give up on the whole thing. John 19, verse 25, there was Mary. Now, it says there, stood by the cross, was Jesus' mother. 
That had to be the final thing where you're there. And the prophecies you heard was, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. I'm going to give birth to who is going to be the Son of the Highest. I'm going to give birth to the King of Kings, the Lord of Glory. And then you're standing at the cross, and you're watching the very lifeblood flow out of him, and the breath of God leave him, and you go, what? That had to be a horrible sight for a mother to behold. Not just a mother, but somebody who knows that what I gave birth to was supernatural. And now I'm watching that supernatural promise die in front of my eyes. Maybe you're like, I've believed for stuff. Don't even get me believing again, Pastor. Don't even get me stirred up for the impossible. I'm just going to hang on, be a good believer, and God get us out of here. But don't even, don't even get me into the miraculous again. It's time to believe again. It's time to hope again. I don't care what you've seen or how bad it's been. God is looking for a miracle-working people today who can usher in this glorious coming of Christ. Because before the King of glory comes, the earth will be filled with His glory. Just like everything else, the environment of heaven had to be provided before the Spirit of God could come. Before the Spirit of God came into you, you were born again. Before the Spirit of God, before the coming of the King, before the glorious King comes, the glory of the Lord is going to fill all the earth. It's not going to be ugly and messy. It's going to be glorious, powerful, and pretty amazing. That's what he's going to come to. All right, let's go on to the last one, consummation. The consummation of it all is this, Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord. Mary, the mother of Jesus, there they were. They all continued with one accord. Jesus said, go, go into that upper room and wait. Stay in Jerusalem and wait. Wait for what? Wait until you're endued with power from on high. It says the power of the most high will overshadow you. That sounds familiar. Mary must have gone, whoop, I heard that before. Yeah, I'll give birth to the glory of God. I'll give birth to the man child. I'll give birth to the son of God. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. I've heard that language before. And there's Mary. There's Mary after the resurrection in the upper room waiting again. That what I gave birth to before, I'm going to give birth to again. What came in me physically and I manifest that man child, the spirit of God is going to be poured into my life again and I will conceive the very power and the spirit from on high and I will be flooded with the glory of God once again. That child came into my body and left me and I released it into the world. But now the spirit of God will come into me forever and I will forever become a container of the incarnate God. God will be with me, in me and through me, never ever leaving me, but flooding me and filling me with the power from on high. So there was someone who went all through that whole process, all of its contradictions, all of its challenges, all of its conflict, to be there on that day where the Spirit of God fell in that upper room. And again, the power of the Most High was moving in her belly. That's the promise today. That's the whole thing today. Christ in her again, but it's Christ in you again. So now Christ isn't local in one place. He's in all of us, and he's filling the earth every day. Every day, every day. That's what Christmas is all about. It's Christ and Mass. It's the smearing of Mass with the anointing of Almighty God. It's so good. Coming to a rapid conclusion. Acts chapter 2, 3 to 4. Then appeared tongues of fire, sat on all of them, each one of them. And they were all filled with the Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Colossians 1, 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who waits an invasion of the miraculous? Who waits for that? Who? And it won't be realized until it's complete because we embrace the manifestation of Christ. There's miracles in your hands. There's miracles in your mouth. 
The Christ who came and, and set us all free, that same Christ is in you, ready to declare freedom over everything in your world and in your life. Amen. One more slide. Here it is. At Christmas, the volume gets turned up. All over the place, it gets turned up. We start hearing Christmas carols in the malls. We start hearing people, people just to, it's okay to say, you can say right there at the cash register, Merry Christmas. And you just said, Mary, be smeared with the glory of God. Let the aura of heaven, the fragrance of heaven, the power of heaven, Christ on your mass. Mary, your world is just about to shift. <laughs> Say Merry Christmas and expect that you're going to release the anointing of God to change that person in front of you, to shift your world forever. And it's that easy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jesus met pain head on. Jesus met it head on, and we're to meet pain head on. Wherever there's pain in your world, wherever there's brokenness and hopelessness, meet it head on. Speak Merry Christmas to your difficulties. God wants to do the impossible through you. Come on, why don't you stand with me? I don't know where they put the clock, so I have no idea what time it is. The timekeeper left me, so it is what it is. Come on, why don't you bow your heads and let's have all the believers praying, okay? Jesus. Now, if you're here today and you've never accepted the good news of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never had a chance to do that, you can do it today. The good news is that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about God wants to visit your situation, your circumstances, and your problems. And he wants to speak peace to every situation. And God's ready to be your God, to be your Father. And He's ready to bring, not just get you to heaven, but get heaven into you right now. To get the fullness of God into your world right now. And you can enjoy the reality of that. And all you got to do is say, Amen, I accept that. I, I believe what you said there, preacher. And I'm for it. So every head is bowed now and all eyes are closed. So it's just you. It's just you soaking in the reality that there's a God who loves you. And you know, if you want to accept him today, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And if you want to accept him, make that clear. I just want you to raise your hand up really high so I can see it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here it is. One, two, three. Just throw your hand up really high. Really high. Throw it up really high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, maybe you're here today. And I want Christ to affect my mass. I, I want... I want the power of God to affect my physical world. I'm tired of making friends with my diseases, my hurts, my pains. And I want Christmas. I want Christmas. I want the anointed one to be smeared all over my life so that the kingdom of heaven invades me. Maybe you're here today and there's some problem in your, in your life, in your world, in your relationships, in your body. And you say, I want Christmas right now, Pastor. I don't want to talk about miracles. I want to see them. You can have that miracle today. If that's you, nobody's looking around. It's just you. If you're saying, I need that miracle today, you raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, for me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. I just want to pray for that right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, for people who identify that I need the anointed one. I need the anointed one to really manifest in my physical world, in my physical body, in my world, in my life, in my finances, in my family, in my relationships. I need Christ to affect my physical world. In the name of Jesus, I command right now, healing, life, health, freedom, and strength to be yours. In the name of Jesus.
Now, if you raised your hand and said, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, we're all going to pray together, and I want you to pray. Everybody's going to pray, and you pray, because you're just going to say, I accept Jesus. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus, I accept that you are the whole reason for Christmas, that you came to set us free. I receive you as my Savior, as my Deliverer, and as my Lord. Come into my life. Fill me with the Spirit. Testify that I am a child of God. Thank you. I declare that I am forgiven, that I am healed, and I am free because Jesus is Lord of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's really awesome. If you did that for the first time, somebody might come tap you on the shoulder, talk to you, and we want you to unpack all the realities of what that is. I'm going to pray with you and bless you. Come on back tonight, 5.30, the door's open. We're going to start serving at 6, so please come and ready to get going because we got a lot to do. So, Lord, we love everybody. I just bless this house. I thank you for the privilege of serving them. I bless today. We bless our evening. Pray it all go well. Thank you for everybody helping and serving. We pray now in Jesus' name that we would have an awesome, restful day. Let me experience your goodness and your grace in every aspect of our lives. I bless these folks in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.